0: And welcome to Meet in the Middle. I'm your host, Robert Steer. Today, I want to talk about one of the biggest threats to American democracy. It isn't Russia or China, racism or even Tide Pods. It's gerrymandering. Winning an election should be straightforward, right? one candidate wins more votes than their opponents in the district where they are competing. Theoretically, a House member or senator is elected based on their political will of the state district. This system should promote a fair competition between candidates to win votes. Going way back to the early founding of our country, James Madison and Alexander Hamilton argued in the Federalist Papers that this electoral style with large districts and a diverse population would produce moderate candidates. According to such logic, America would not fall victim to rampant political extremism and tyrannical factions. If that sounds ridiculous in today's political landscape, I don't blame you. After all, 2016 prominently featured perhaps the two most divisive and unpopular presidential candidates of all time. Since the election, we have seen rallies, protests, mudslinging, and general hatred from both sides of the political spectrum. America has fallen victim to the very thing that our founders tried to protect us from. It is easy to forget as well that 2016 was also an election year for the House. Of the 380 House seats for re-election, 90% of those were kept by the incumbent party.
1: Because the politicians are interested in only one thing, and this is to stay in power. To stay in power no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. And to protect the incumbent, why do they want to protect the incumbent? Because they don't have to create any performance, no action. When you protect the incumbent, you're protecting them so there's no competition. And when there's a lack of competition, then there's a lack of action.
0: In reality, we have strayed far from what our founders envisioned. Our country suffers from something called gerrymandering, which is the process where the party in power in a particular state redraws the district maps of that state to gain a political advantage in the election. This problem significantly affects the House of Representatives and not the Senate, but its implications are profound and dangerous. For example, a Democrat-controlled state can draw the House districts to consolidate Republican voters into one district while keeping all the Democrats in the three or four or however other many districts. Or they could split the Republican voters into small slices into every district, effectively giving the Democrats a majority in every state district. This can be done by either party to gain a huge advantage in the House of Representatives, which translates indirectly into power of all of Congress. At the state level, where legislation is much more likely to impact your everyday life, gerrymandering has already produced one-dimensional rule. This is when one party in power is able to redraw the district maps of the state in order to effectively nullify the opposing party's ability to challenge their power. This has created huge state legislative problems where no progress is made and no power is gained. If you are like me, you are probably wondering how in the world America, the bedrock of democracy and freedom, could allow such a broken system for electing House members. Why did the Founding Fathers create a system so blatantly unfair to the party out of power? It's simple. Our system doesn't operate in the way the Founding Fathers intended. Kind of. First, our founders naively didn't think that political parties would ever exist in America. Political parties make the concept of gerrymandering a lot more threatening than it would be if there was no organized support to make them happen. If we didn't have parties, we would still have a problem with redistricting, sure, but the party's ability to organize and coordinate their interests turned redistricting from a minor problem to a serious flaw. Instead of redistricting being a healthy part of state organization to keep the districts fair, it has turned into a party gambit to retain power in an unfair way. Without going too deep into history, we can chalk up the founders' mistakes to them being human. They certainly weren't perfect. Second, gerrymandering was not intended when the constitution was written, but that didn't stop it from appearing soon thereafter. In 1788, practically right after the ratification of the Constitution, redistricting was used in Virginia against James Madison, of all people, to try to snub him out of his congressional seat. Madison still won, so it was not a total wash, but the historic birth of redistricting tells us a couple things. First, gerrymandering has been a feature of American democracy since shortly after the birth of the republic. Second, it was never intended to be a part of our history, and is arguably one of the biggest remaining constitutional flaws. We simply have not put in the right constitutional restrictions to prevent abusive redistricting. Third, no one, not even the man who wrote our Constitution into existence, is immune to the unfairness that redistricting creates. Why is gerrymandering allowed at all? Well, House districts are divided up proportionally, so each district represents the same number of people. However, populations change over time. It makes perfect sense that state legislatures should be able to move around district lines to accommodate growing populations. However, no one ever wrote down that you couldn't redistrict to your advantage when the time comes to redraw the maps. Oops. So political redistricting isn't so much rule breaking as it is an example of the rules not being strict or specific enough. Gerrymandering has been a long-term problem, but we have made some moves to fix it over the past couple centuries. In 1842, Congress passed the Apportionment Act, which required all state districts to be contiguous. This means that you couldn't have a district that was split by another. One of the most egregious uses of gerrymandering is called racial gerrymandering. As you may have guessed, this is when a state divides a race into many districts with the goal of eliminating or minimizing voting power. Essentially, states would dilute the districts so black populations in a state would never have a majority in any district. This practice has been predominantly used in the South to disenfranchise black voters and to give black candidates a steeper climb to power. Obviously, this was racist, and though not against the letter of the law, it was against the spirit of it. The nation agreed, and in 1986, the U.S. Supreme Court reinterpreted the Civil Rights Act of 1964, to assert that racial gerrymandering could no longer occur. For the constitutional scholars out there, the Supreme Court based this decision on the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. One key feature of the court's decision was to force states to create majority-minority districts. This new rule required states to keep districts that had a majority of minority voters at restored, and restored the balance of power between the races. Ironically, there is now a new problem with racial division. As the black and minority populations have grown in the past 37 years, these majority-minority districts have become counterintuitive. Parties, typically the Republican Party, pack districts with minorities to prevent them from having voting power elsewhere. For example, if a state is 50% minority and 50% white, then there should be equal power between white and non-white voters. However, Republicans often pack one or two districts with a high density of minorities to minimize their influence over all the other districts, all with the rationale that they are creating majority-minority districts. Beyond racial unfairness, gerrymandering has been used by both parties to ensure domination in party-controlled states. Sometimes this manipulation is subtle, just changing a few lines here and there, and sometimes it's just plain ridiculous. But everyone does it. It makes sense if the rule is there, then use it to your advantage. The problem is that the people end up suffering because of it. Take North Carolina, for example. North Carolina recently had its map struck down as unconstitutional because it gerrymandered based on political party, hooray. But North Carolina isn't the only state that does this. Practically every state is guilty. North Carolina just got caught. In fact, the way they got caught is telling of how broken the system is. Listen to this clip of the North Carolina Republican legislature who wrote the map.
1: I don't know why, based upon the number of Democratic registered voters, Republican registered voters, and unaffiliated voters in this state, we would want to ever sit and ingrain as a criteria for redistricting that we would only allow one party three seats in Congress and the other one ten in Congress, when not very long ago, before 2010, we had seven Democrats and five Republicans. So I'm, I'm trying to understand wh- why you feel this would be fair, reasonable, and balanced in terms of voter registrations in this state as it is currently divided. Thank you for the question, Senator. I propose that we draw the maps to give a partisan advantage to 10 Republicans and three Democrats, because I do not believe it's possible to draw a map with 11 Republicans and two Democrats. More competitive districts I support completely, but that means drawing the maps in a way where you're not from the outset, establishing criteria that gives one party an unfair advantage. Representative Lewis. Mr. Chairman, the only thing that I could add is that we want to make clear that we, to the extent, are going to use political data in drawing this map, it is to gain partisan advantage on the map. I want that criteria to be clearly stated.
0: If that clip made you mad, then you already see why this is a problem. To be clear, this man basically cheated North Carolina out of a free and fair election by unfairly splitting the Democratic electorate into insignificant voting groups. Let's not forget that this is done by both parties. Partisan gerrymandering was declared unconstitutional in 1999 in North Carolina because Democrats used districts to ensure safe seats. Nobody's hands are clean here.
1: Long term at that trend, as someone who's been a constitutional scholar, if you think there is something about the rules of our political system that ought to change over time. I think that There are real problems with how we are uh, electing our representatives. Uh, I think political gerrymandering has resulted in a situation in which, uh, with 80 percent Democratic districts or 80 percent Republican districts uh, and no competition, uh, that that leads to more and more polarization in Congress and it gets harder and harder to get things done.
0: It was even done by Chicago legislatures to help Obama win his state congressional race, though it was sneakier and less blatant. The legislature just changed the district lines to capture more of the upper middle class vote, which isn't technically against the law, but it still feels scummy. Even though the rules have changed, the fact that gerrymandering exists hasn't. All told, the rules just change which justification politicians use to gain power, not the method that they use. The result is that gerrymandering is harder to identify, but still causes misrepresentation in greater partisanship. Think about this. If House members can rig the system so they don't have to appeal to anyone but their most energetic and supportive party followers, then they never have to lean towards the middle of the spectrum to achieve political support. You can be as far right or far left as your base will allow and still get elected. On the other hand, you have absolutely no incentive to compromise with the other side of the aisle. The Supreme Court has put a hold on hearing the North Carolina case, which means that North Carolina gets a pass for now. The court is still waiting to hear from several other states with similar gerrymandering problems. However, the recent uptick of maps being struck down by local courts is encouraging that one day soon, gerrymandering will just be a relic of our political institution. In the day's other news, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court threw out the state's congressional map. It ruled that districts had been so heavily gerrymandered to benefit Republicans that it violated the state's constitution. The court gave the Republican-led legislature until February 9th to fashion a replacement. But GOP leaders said that they would appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. Even as we were recording this, we got the news that the Pennsylvania map had been struck down as unconstitutional as well, which means that Pennsylvania has to redraw its map before the elections in 2018. This is great news, but we still have more work to do. Meet in the Middle is researched, written, and edited by yours truly, Robert Steer. Audio clips used in this episode come courtesy of YouTube, the PBS NewsHour, Common Cause North Carolina on YouTube, and the Associated Press. Music featured in this episode includes Save the Bees by Lobo Loco at freemusicarchive.com. The show's theme music is Falling Down by Ryan Little on freemusicarchive.com. That's the music that you hear in the intro and outro right now. Meet in the Middle is a production of the TUTV Media Lab, a student-run multimedia collaborative at the University of Tulsa. Executive producers for the Media Lab are Justin Rollins and Steve Buscelli. You can follow the TUT Media Lab on Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, and Instagram. We're on Twitter at TUTV Media Lab. Our website is tulsa.show. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I'll catch you next time.